Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Juwan Howard was right in the middle of a brawl at the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin men's basketball game. We discuss how it happened and what comes next. While not forgetting that the Michigan women's team pulled off a huge late-season win. We've got talk of the first-place hockey team, too. All that coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be back with you here Monday, late morning, February 21st. Yeah, you guys, what, you recorded six, seven to 15 podcasts without me, it seems like. Jeez, it's only gone a few days, but you were you were busy. I was listening during, during my travels, uh, which have now brought me back to Ann Arbor for a good stretch. <laughs> this is much needed four-game homestand for the Michigan men's basketball team after. Sunday's just disaster. Forget that Michigan lost the game. It was a, a game that they they didn't need to win. It would have been real nice for them, um, you know, to kind of build on the momentum of, of Thursday's win at Iowa, coming home and and you know putting themselves in a position, you know, to move up in the Big Ten standings and improve their NCAA tournament resume. But that that was out the window, you know, kind of midway through the second half. And then when the game ended, is when the real story began. And I I don't know how much play by play do we think we need to give about this for our for our listeners. I, I think at most people know this, but I guess I can give the the Cliff Notes version of it, which is Wisconsin called a timeout late in the game, 15 seconds left. Jawan Howard did not like that Wisconsin called a timeout with such a 15-point lead this late in the game. He mentions this to Wisconsin coach Greg Gard in the post-game handshake line, says, I'm going to remember this. And Greg Gard wants to explain to him right then and there why he called the timeout. And Jawan Howard didn't really care to hear an explanation, didn't like that guard, you know, physically impeded his progress and uh, took it out on one of guards assistants with a, a punch, a slap, a grab, a scrape. I don't know. It was hand meeting face, which you don't really see um, in postgame handshake lines, especially from one coach to another. I saw some things I, I never thought I'd see a grown man doing what I mean, I'm just going to call it what what the kids call it, the suck it sign to a Michigan staffer. Crotch chop is how I described it in print. But on this podcast, I think I can be a little more loose with my lingo and 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 just punches being thrown by players and, and, and coaches on, on both sides. That's that's the shortest version I think I can give of what happened. I don't know. I, I, I want to hear your guys takes Aaron for start with you. Because, you know, you, you covered uh, the Pistons, um, you know, for M live uh, at some point before coming on to, you know, the Michigan football beat, you know, you, you know, the game of basketball well. So I guess if you wouldn't mind at first, just sort of speaking to maybe the unwritten rules of calling timeouts and, and full court pressing 
when the game is already in hand, but the final buzzer has not sounded. Yeah, there are a lot of unwritten rules there, especially with the coaching aspect and everything else. You know, the NBA the professional ranks are a little bit different from college. You know, you do see teams, especially at the college level, you know, foul more often late in games. You know, they're down. I've, I've seen it. I see it every, you know, on a nightly basis now, teams down double digits still following in the final minute or so. Uh, you don't really see that much at the, you know, the NBA level. Um, so there are different things that, that happen, obviously, at the college and the professional ranks. It, it's, I, I, I get where Jawan Howard is coming from. You know, you see a coach call timeout that late in the game unnecessarily. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to happen. Once you hear Greg Gard's explanation, it, it, it makes sense. You know, I, I get it. Um, there's some there's some argument that Jawan maybe they shouldn't have been pressing that late and get full court press that late in the game. When I when I break down the incident and watch the video, here's what I see. I guess I see guard. Like, I think you put it aptly. He impeding Jawan's progress. I don't think he meant to grab Jawan the way he did. I understand why he did it. He clearly sensed that Jawan was upset with him. And he wanted to explain himself why he did it. Try and calm things. Jawan obviously didn't take it very well. So Jawan touched. Or excuse me. Greg touched Jawan. Jawan grabbed Greg. And at that point, I think they're about even. Both, I think, incidents are probably disrespectful. And then that's when the scrum happened, obviously. You know, you see a lot of pushing and shoving. Juwan, obviously, and you spelled it uh, spelled it out well in your post-game story. I thought just kind of the blow-by-blow and what happened and why. You know, Juwan said that he felt disrespect, obviously, that he was touched, he was grabbed, that he, was, he felt like he had to defend himself, which is fine until what happened. Not only did he not hit guard, he hit someone else. You know, I, I think it looked like an open-handed punch to me. I mean, the, the, the assistant that got hit was bleeding afterwards so that was clearly more than just i think a slap i haven't seen really a slap ever bloody someone yeah so it, it, it's a, it's a bad look here's the end of the day this is the reality situation it's a bad look for the university of michigan it's a bad look for Juwan howard I, I think his actions are inexcusable i don't think there's anything that could have been said or done and again this is my opinion some folks may disagree and you're 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 totally in the, in the right to do that but i don't think there's anything that could have done, been done or said to justify those actions. I think you're the leader of a, of a basketball program. You should act responsibly. And Sunday afternoon, I don't think Jawan acted very responsibly. I know a lot of Michigan fans aren't, aren't going to like to hear this, but to be honest, I don't think Greg Gard did much wrong at, at all in, in the post-game handshake line. I think you could, definitely can argue that the, the timeout was was Bush League. I, at first, I thought it was because Wisconsin's player lost the shoe. It's like, all right, he's rushing to, to tie a shoe again. Let's call a timeout. Let him get his shoe figured out. And, and it's a 30-second timeout let's regroup and, and get it but it didn't look like that played any role so yeah it is a little bit bushly but again what I, what I think started is like all right great guards in this handshake line waiting to shake hands with the the opposing coach and it didn't look like Jawan went to shake hands right away which is kind of he's being a little bit salty there it's like all right just shake hands and get it over with and before they even get to each other Jawan started to chirp them so if I'm great guard too I'll be like wait like hold on like let's what what are you saying to me like I, I completely I, I don't and it's not like he forcefully grabbed him like he he put his hand on him but it's like I, I completely um on board with Greg Gard doing that because it's like wait what like let's what are you saying to me right now like you're screaming through a mess it's like I would want to hear like what you're trying to say and then yeah Jawan kind of escalated a little bit more and uh, I, I yeah I think it's just a, a really bad look for Jawan not great for Greg Gard but I don't think he he deserves a, a suspension or, or anything I mean maybe as an assistant the assistant coach that, that did the sign for sure but some of the players that were involved but to be honest like I don't th- have too much issue with, with Greg Dark's actions in the handshake line. But yeah, I, I do think the, the timeout was a little bit bushly, but yeah, to start throwing 
punches and and being petty and, and not going straight to the handshake line. I mean, that's that's definitely not a good look for for Jawan at all. We can kind of wrap up with the the game part of it here with this because you guys have both touched on it and made good points. Like to me, Jawan can be absolutely be upset that the timeout was called, but not not given that he was in a full court press and he can call whatever he wants full court man to man with trapping principles or whatever. It was it was still you know, multiple starters on the floor trying to turn, create turnovers, which is fine, is perfectly fine. Like it's a 40 minute game. I, I, I think sometimes coaches take it too far with, with calling off the dogs or whatever. Like it, it's kind of on the losing team to wave the white flag and the, and the team that's up to respond. Jawan never did that. And that's okay. But then you can't get mad when the other team calls a timeout, whether it's to, to set up their press break, or it's just to send a message that, Hey, I'm, I don't like that. You're still pressing like that. That's fine. And, and that's, that's the petty stuff that can make college sports fun in a way. But and Michigan fouled them too. Right Michigan continued to foul. They shot a three on their final possession. They grabbed an <laughs> offensive rebound. They scored last. Like okay, all fine. But yes, the post game stuff. Guard guard is is misguided to believe that in, in the heat of the moment, you know, he could he could kind of convince. Howard of his rationale for calling the timeout. Like Jawan didn't want to hear any of that. And that's fine. Why Jawan felt the need to tell him he was going to remember it. Just, just remember it. That that's what a memory is. Just keep it in your head. Remember it. Tell your players about it. The next time you play Wisconsin. And that's all that matters. I don't know why you have to tell him you're going to remember it. Here's the issue too. This isn't the first dust up with Jawan Howard and another mm-hmm. big 10 coach. And I think that's part of the larger issue here. Jawan, we saw the incident with Mark, Mark Turgeon last year in the big 10 tournament with in Maryland uh, now you have this. He's been teed up several times on the last couple of games. You, you've detailed it out in your story. And I don't want to go as far as say Juwan has a temper, but it's clear to me that he is he's gotten angry several times now as a head coach. And that, that I think, will play into this decision from the Big Ten. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Juwan never was suspended for that Maryland incident, right? He was not. And you absolutely are right that that, that you know, from what I've heard, this definitely will play a role in it because now it's like it can be perceived as a pattern yeah and from michigan's perspective too if, if you're yep. board manual the athletic director you, you're kind of cataloging all these events in your head and is quote unquote hr file you know when, when a normal employee of a regular company has incidents like this you may not be you know fired or terminated or whatever the case may be but that stuff all gets cataloged and it's all documented and it, it piles up over time and you know the more this stuff happens the more it it, it goes against Jawan and his ability to quote unquote do his job effectively and it harms reputation and or image of the university of michigan and its basketball program so if you're ward you're looking at it from that perspective too now i do think his statement that he released yesterday afternoon you know gave juan some benefit of the doubt you know he, he felt like that they were in, there was there was some sort of instigation on wisconsin side um so i'm really curious to see what the big 10 does and if michigan adds anything to that that potential suspension yeah ward ward went out of his way at the end of that statement to say like you know we'll add will we will add to the suspension if we feel necessary i'm not sure why he felt it was necessary to put that i mean you do it if you do if you, if you feel that way but I'm not sure why you need to like preemptively kind of put out the idea that you you might what the big 10 doles out might not be enough um but i i I want to get back to a key point that, that one of you brought up earlier about, you know, Jawan saying that he felt, you know, at, at a certain point in the exchange uh, with guard that he felt it was time to protect himself because he used a similar phrase after the Mark Turgeon incident against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament last year. He goes, you know, that's when I went into defense mode. He said that time. And 
I'll, I'll read you the quote he said he said that day it was i don't know how you guys was raised but how i was raised by my grandmother and also by chicago because i was raised by chicago and i grew up in the south side when guys charge you it's time to defend yourself especially when a grown man charges you that right there i went into defense mode so like as i wrote like i think that kind of helps kind of get a sense of 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 how Howard views these things. And it's not an excuse, but like, this is how Howard feels. And I mean, he's, he, he has not, you know, he has not been in the South side of Chicago as, as a resident, at least, um, you know, for a long time now, he had a, he had a very long MBA career, made a lot of money. Um, and now he's the head coach at, you know, one of the top schools in, in the country. So uh, it's, it's different. Not, it's a little yeah, it's not my now, place yeah. to say like, forget about your past, but it clearly is playing a factor. I mean, he admitted as much the first time uh, this happened and, and now he's using some of the sim- similar phrasing because because I'm, I'm just saying I, I can certainly see how people would be skeptical of him feeling he was truly in, in physical danger there uh, in that scenario. You open the conversation with, you know, kind of the unwritten rules of basketball and everything else. And I, every time I think of my time covering the NBA, it almost seemed like there was this coaching fraternity, whereas, yes, there would be mm-hmm. dust ups between head coaches and everything else. But it almost seemed like any time a head coach got fired or disciplined or whatever, others stood up for them. I can remember Steve Mangoni at the time, head coach of the Pistons, almost always defending his fellow coaches. And you start to wonder if Jawan's actions start begin to alienate him, you know, from, from other coaches in the Big Ten. And obviously, I don't know. Mark Turgeon's obviously no longer head coach in the Big Ten. So that's maybe a different story, but you start to wonder if, if these actions are going to start, you know, compromising or, you know, uh, affecting his, you know, the view other, other coaches in the league have of him. So it, it's a, it's, it's a, eh, Ward Manuel has himself a predicament and I don't necessarily think it warrants a firing, but I certainly expect Juwan Howard to be, you know, hammered in terms of suspension from the league and or, you know, the the university. Yeah. Should we talk about repercussions from from the, from yes. this now with both personnel wise for for Michigan absolutely. and what, what's to come? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, again, people I talked to, it, it varied and, and we'll see. I didn't talk to any of the people that will actually be making this decision. But, you know, Michigan's got five regular season games left and, and certainly multiple people felt that it would it, it would be within, you know, the league's right, Michigan's right to suspend them for all of those games. And that if they even took it a step further and say all of the rest of Michigan's season, however far that goes, that would not be unreasonable. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it could it could be less than that, but it, it will be a multi, multi-game suspension. Like I'll put that here on the record right now. Like that that that's like a guarantee. So, and then this is obviously important for a Michigan team that's, you know, fighting for, you know, it's, it's postseason life. I hate that I just used that term, but uh, you know, that that's the bottom line is what they're doing. So yeah, they obviously have Phil Martelli, a coach that has a lot of uh, experience as a head coach. They have Saudi Washington, longtime assistant who got a little bit of a head coaching uh, experience when they, when they went to to Spain um, a few years ago without John Beeline, but still you want you, you want your head guy uh, there around the program um, during, during these times, especially. And as far as players, Ryan, I mean, yeah, there were, there were certainly two Michigan players that, that threw punches and that would be Terrence Williams, the second and Musa Diabate. Um, That's the thing. Like we're all talking about Juwan and rightfully mm-hmm. so, but mm-hmm. afterwards, I mean, you Diabate was throwing some haymakers at one point. They got <laughs> the, bad. He, he really was. It looked like a video game. I, I feel bad for for Williams, especially though, because he is clearly playing peacemaker. When you see certain videos that are real up close, you know he's trying to say "We good, we good," and, and keep it moving. Even he's being the, the kids, if you will, were adults. The adults were kids um, in this scenario, and he tries to keep it moving. And out of nowhere, he gets punched in the face by by number zero uh, on Wisconsin, Jacoby Neath. 
comes comes truly out of nowhere. If if I didn't have my video from from my press box seat, which is high up and could capture a much wider angle than a lot of the other videos, I would truly have had no idea where this guy came from. But he he just raced across the sideline and and cold clocks Williams in the face, and then you know that's when Diabate starts to get involved and and Williams starts throwing punches too. And I don't want to say I can't blame him, but I can't blame him. I mean, if you oh. get just punched in the face out of nowhere, like yeah, you, you're not just turning the other cheek and walking into your locker room. So yeah, that there there definitely could be suspensions for for players as as well on both sides. Yeah, I I expect and you hope that the camera obviously justifies some of that stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Terrence Williams maybe gets some leniency there for for not you know actively instigating it. But yeah, suspensions are certainly going to happen. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Jawan gets the rest of the regular season at the very least. And you and you wonder too from if you're Ward Manual and making this personnel decision, weighing whether to terminate him or keep him or whatever the case may be, or you, you wonder what the conversation was like last year after the Maryland game. You know, mm-hmm. w- between Juwan and Ward, you know, whether it was him defending him and him understanding everything or him, you know, giving him subtle warning like, hey, I don't want to see that again. Regardless, that's, I think, going to play into a lot of things here, too, and, and because this is essentially strike two for Juwan Howard. And you wonder how many he's going to get before, you know, a, a potential you know decision is made. So Wisconsin, the, their side of it is that they were very disappointed that this happened because, you know, they won the game. They uh, celebrated one of their program's all-time greats, Michael Finley. Friend of Juwan. Talked to him before the game. He was teammates with Juwan in the season for Dallas. Great guy. We're still like family. All this stuff, which again, is just representative of almost everyone in the in the league uh, who you ask about Juwan, which makes some of these incidents even more kind of perplexing. But, you know, they they had a nice win. They had a nice afternoon and it was marred by this. From the Michigan side, uh, you know, their women's program had a wonderful, important victory on Sunday, which I know they happened in two different cities, but in a way, you know, this this Michigan men's incident sort of sucked all the oxygen out of the room. But uh, Zook, I know you still watched. I, you know, I I did not. Obviously, I was I was busy in Madison. But yeah, I guess I guess tell us about about this this victory for for the women over Maryland. Yeah, I mean, a, a huge second half for for the Wolverines. I mean, it was a, a slow start for both teams offensively. I mean, twenty four to twenty four at halftime. I mean, basically, Nas Hillman kept kept Michigan afloat in the first half with fourteen points. I think she was seven of ten, and the rest of the team was only. Four four of 16 from the field, but Michigan's top break defense went to work. Um, really all, all game played pretty well. And, and their, their guard play definitely picked up in the second half. Uh, Maddie Nolan, Layla Fitfilia and Danielle Roush all had eight or more points in the second half. And yeah, they went on a little bit of a, a surge late in the third quarter and continued it into the fourth quarter and, and picked up a win and probably arguably their biggest regular season game in, in program history. Uh, we'll, we'll get into what the win means in a second, but yeah, I mean, they made their last eight shots in the third quarter. To, to take a six-point lead and yeah, and played well down the stretch. Maryland made a little bit of a of a run late to, to make it a five-point game. They, one of their top scorers had an easy layup that would have made it a, a three-point game with 40 four, or 50 seconds left. She missed it and then fouls uh, fouls Maddie Nolan and then the mission goes on a seven seven nothing run to end the end the game by making their free throw. So we got a little bit dicey at the end, but but a huge win for for sure for the Wolverines. So they are now. Uh, on top of the Big Ten winning percentage, the games back, games ahead metric. They're 12 and three. A couple other teams have 12 wins, but they have four losses. Indiana only has three losses, but uh, they only have 11 wins. And Michigan beat them in the lone head to head. Those other two 12 and four teams, uh, Michigan also swept now in Ohio State and Maryland. That leaves Iowa kind of there at, at 11 and four. You know, could, could be a big time showdown to end the season. Exactly. So the Michigan women play Thursday night at home against Michigan State in a senior night for this heralded senior class that includes Nas Hillman, 
Um, and then, yeah, go to Iowa on, on Sunday to, you know, with a chance potentially to, to win the, the big 10 regular season championship, um, already did beat Iowa once. So they're, they're in, they're in great shape. Um, this win was huge, like you said, and it was like, I don't know that a, a lot of their wins that they had earlier in the season, like they, they, they crushed Maryland at Maryland, but Maryland was a little down then. And they, they just, they weren't looking like themselves, but they had won. Was it eight straight? Eight, eight in a row. Yeah. They were the hottest team in, in the big 10. Yeah. Like, and you know, they're a program that had just been there before and, and won the big 10 regularly. Like this was a, this was a real, real statement and a great bounce back after, you know, a, a tough road trip last week and did it again, you know, with, without Leah Brown. I mean, any, any word on if she'll be back, it, it was not surprising. She didn't suit up Sunday, but now with four days off. Yeah. Any, yeah. any talk of her after the, the broadcast said they're, they're hoping to get her back for, for the stretch run here. So, I mean, they're, pretty much in the stretch run so assuming that could be right. day to day but yeah um we'll have to get an update hopefully this week from, from coach kim barnes Arito. but yeah that's i mean that's a big piece of their lineup if they can get her back that, that, that would be huge because yeah she was their second leading scorer uh, obviously it allows layla Felia to come off the bench provide a little bit of a spark off the bench instead of didn't putting that a freshman in in that spot to, to, to start those big minutes so yeah that would be huge if they can get her back this week and especially for for that iowa game because that could come down to yeah i mean so if if they lose that game and Iowa and Michigan have the same records and they're and they go one to one against each other, like or do they split the the conference title then? Or uh, yeah, same record and they split against each other. That would that would be pretty simple. Now figuring out the seeds, you'd go down down the line for the other tiebreakers. Right. But the one kind of confusing element is that all the teams are not going to play the same number of games. So that's why they added the whole you know it's the win percentage. And then also games back, games ahead. Like if somehow a team was, oh geez, to make this up on a fly is going to be a problem. But you can you can go by the 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 Michigan men last year. That that's a perfect example because you know there was the controversy with Illinois. By the way that the league is doing it this year on both the men's and women's side, they would have been co-champions because you know Michigan was was fourteen and three to Illinois is sixteen and four had the better winning percentage, but Illinois with two more wins and only one more loss that would be ahead in that games ahead games back kind of that you see in, in baseball standings. So but but that's unlikely to happen here. And again, this is historic. Like this is Kim Barnes Arico's tenth year, Michigan's best finish in the regular season in the Big Ten, third under her. And they only did that once. Like this program has existed since 1982, never won the regular season title, never won the tournament title, finished as high as second only one time. And that was 22 years ago. So like this is just uncharted waters and uh, a, a great place to be in for this for this program as they try to uh, you know close out the, the regular season and improve their Big Ten tournament seating and NCAA tournament standing as well. So that kind of wraps up the basketball discussion. But, you know, we're talking about the first place women. We've got another first place team as well uh, playing right now, and that is the Michigan hockey team. Yeah, so similar story here. I mean, without their four Olympians again for the second straight weekend and no problem for, for Michigan's hockey team sweeping a very good Ohio State team at Yost. Uh, won five to three on Friday and three to nothing on Saturday. And yeah, right now they, they control their own destiny heading into the, the final weekend against Notre Dame. There'll be a road series currently two points ahead of Minnesota who faces, that's a good question. I, I am blanking right now, but yeah, I don't think they face a tough, tough opponent here to end the season. So yeah, I mean, Michigan needs any, if they, if they sweep Notre Dame, they're guaranteed the the, the first round by and in the, the, their first big 10 title. If they go one and one and, and Minnesota goes one and one over the weekend, they, they will also will win. So yeah, they're, they're in a pretty good spot and this, this, and they're, they're the, a top two team, their number two team in the country could possibly move up 
up to number one when the rankings come out today. So they're they're rolling right now, and they'll they'll get their their four Olympians back next week too. So re- really impressive sweep. Uh, Luke Hughes, the freshman defenseman, is just been dominating here the last five games. Seven goals, three assists, leads the all NCAA defenseman in goals and points. And I mean, right. He was the fourth overall pick this past year, but you got to wonder if, if the first three teams are like, man, maybe we should have probably picked them when we had a chance, because I know mission has two other top five or top five draft picks, uh, three other top five draft picks on their team. But man, like Luke Hughes is almost a year younger than all these guys. And he's doing his goal on Saturday night where he went end to end and absolutely undressed the defenseman and the goalie for a goal. It's just, it's some stilled stuff right there. So um, he's playing out of his mind. Owen Power, Matt, Matty Beneers, Ken Johnson, and Brendan Brisson will both be back. So at this point, it's 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 frozen for a bust for these guys. I mean, they're 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 playing well. They're, they've won eleven of the last twelve. It's this is this team will no team will they won't have this team ever again. So it's it's time to it's crunch time now for the Wolverines, and we'll see if they can pull it off. We talk about uh you know like the trade deadline and professional sports adding some key pieces down the stretch. I mean this is I guess the college equivalent. Just you add a handful of Olympians to your roster here for your late season push. You can't beat that. Yeah, I, I honestly did not expect them to. I mean Mission State isn't very good, so I wasn't surprised they swept them last week. But but to beat a very good Ohio State team to without those guys is is pretty impressive. Yeah, did more than just uh, tread water, I guess, in their absence. All right, well, that that kind of wraps up this this episode of uh, Wolverine Confidential. Hit on some basketball, the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, as well as some <laughs> hockey talk. We'll be back with more coverage on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.